Mary, in this episode, I'm so excited. We have a special guest returning. Yeah. The book, Woman, written by 15 men. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to dive in a little bit to uh, what Elder Hate, H-A-I-G-H-T, who I tend to hate. How fitting. I know. (laughs) About how he thinks mothers should act. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Also, we read a letter from Seamus, who is not afraid to drop the F-bomb in his letter to us. Seamus has no shame. <laughs> love it. Yep, <laughs> love that too. Okay, well, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. Yep, we are figuring it out. Are, are we? Yeah, well, I'm Shelly. <laughs> I'm Mary. <laughs> Have you figured anything out lately? We haven't uh, checked in with you on that front. We're going to talk about some of that. The, today's episode is a lot to do with mothering. Well, Mother's Day is right around the corner, That's isn't it? why we're doing it. And I didn't want to release this episode on Mother's Day because it's, it's going to be a little triggery, maybe okay. heart-wrenching. So we're going to do oh. it the week before okay. and give people a chance to recover. <laughs> okay. That's nice of you. Yeah, I know. Wow. How do you want to get into all this? Well, I don't want to jump in just yet. Okay. First, I was super happy when I opened my phone and I was flipping through podcasts about five minutes ago, and the UC Places podcast is now up on Apple. Oh, wow. And it's on Google Podcasts and... It's on all the places now. A we've lot been of kinda, Yeah, we've been kind of waiting for it to come because, mm-hmm. you know, when you first start a podcast and you start releasing it, it takes... A, it's a bit of a trickle to get it out mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's on so, Spotify. Yep. We are pumped. It's UC Places and it stars... Mary and Shelley. Uh-huh. So check it out. Please subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes. It's been a really fun journey for us. Yeah. So it's UC Places Travel Podcast. Mm-hmm. Look for it. Mm-hmm. May not be up on iHeartRadio yet. I have submitted that, but um, that takes a little bit. Yeah. So we'll have uh, at least two episodes up by the time this episode releases. Hopefully, right maybe even more than that. I don't know yet. We'll see. And also, obviously, feel free to write in. Mm-hmm to Shelly at ucplaces.com. That's, again, the letter U, the letter C, the word places.com. And give me some feedback. And you can even give me advice. You can do whatever you want, because I want to hear. I want to hear some feedback on this new podcast. Well, and the other thing that's so great about the UC Places app, which this supports, is that the user-generated feature, you can do your own tour. Mm -hmm. I love that part, actually. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, people are thinking, oh, well, no one's traveling right now, so that's not applicable. But you can tour your hometown. Yeah. And you can write a tour about your favorite places and yep. put it up there. Do it. You could even charge money for it. Yes. This is a this real fun project. This pretty cool, it I is. have to say. It okay. Is. Speaking well, of podcasts, yeah. so this morning, Mary and I were in this big hurry to get out of the house because we we're going to go into the studio and record this episode that we are recording right now. And thankfully, Mary was kind of taking forever like she does packing up her bag. <laughs> I was ready to go, right? She doesn't know me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just I kidding. love you. <laughs> yeah, she's a forever, I'm not she's the a forever taker. person. No, nope. nope. it's true about me. No, yep. <laughs> a forever taker. <laughs> you are a forever taker. Uh, anyway, we're fi- like about to literally finally leave, and I get a phone call, and for some reason I answered it because it was from Georgia, although I don't know why it was Atlanta actually. So I answered, and this lady was like, "Hey, I completely forgot to send you the Zoom link for our interview that's supposed to be happening right now." <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, oh, shit, I totally forgot, Mm -hmm. but I didn't say that. I was like, yeah, yeah, send that right over. I've been waiting. Mm -hmm. Jesus. (laughs) Good save, baby. (laughs) Good save. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this interview was on the Straight Spouse Network, which is totally different than any interview I've ever done because this podcast focuses on the straight spouse when the other spouse is gay comes out of the closet, you know, all the, all the, all the stuff. Yes. All the fallout <laughs> from there. Um, but she does off and on have the gay spouse on just to kind of talk about it. And I was the first lesbian really on the show. So I think it was a good episode. I really do just because, you know, I, I had to look at things from Brent's point of view and talk about how we worked through some stuff. Anyway, you will probably enjoy it. It is again, the straight spouse network and my episode should be coming out on May 15th. Yeah. So we're a little early. We might want to remind again. We will. When it gets a little closer mm-hmm. to that day. We're mm-hmm. a couple of weeks out. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna, who's thinking about May 15th yet? Um, I'm just trying to get our ship packed up so we can move. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're getting ready to move uh, to a new location. I don't know, better house. Right? Yeah, I think so. It's got a yard. 
Yeah. The dogs make us crazy, so that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, it's got a bigger kitchen. It's mm-hmm. got another bedroom, so kids aren't crammed on top of each other and fighting all the time. Oh, it's that's not going to stop them fighting. Well, they'll still fight. That's true. It's on a dead-end <laughs> street, so um, the younger kids can finally learn to ride a bike. Yay. And um, it's only a half mile from the famous Washington and, what is it? W-O-N-D. Washington. Dominion something. Dominion. Maybe it's just the Railroad. W, but W and D. W R D. I don't know. It's this huge trail that goes all throughout Northern Virginia. So we're pumped about that. Way to sell the trail, baby. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So shall we move on to what you got? Well, today I'm going to start out by reading a post uh-huh. that was in the Latter Day Lesbian Podcast Discussion Group. If okay. you haven't joined the group yet. Get your shit together. Come on over. over. A lot of great people in there, seriously. Yeah, you just need to answer three questions. You need to know Domino and Eddie, dog's names. And fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Yeah. We just gave you the answers. Yeah. So if you're listening today. somebody said sucked up Mormon phrase of the day, that works too. We let them in. People who can't remember the dog's names, when they write in really clever things that make us laugh. Yeah. Come on. Yep. Come Someone on in thought there. Eddie's name was Eric, and we thought oh, yeah. that was so funny that we called Eddie Eric for yeah. like two weeks. Oh, Eddie never learned his new name. we still call Eddie Eric. Yeah, like when he's being <laughs> a dick. We're like, Eric, <laughs> Come stop on. biting your brother. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so this message meant something to me. Hey, you guys, here I am enjoying an after-work beer in the sun. I'm a no-mo. I think she means never-mo. We'll forgive her. Okay. <laughs> but was raised in a fundamentalist Christian environment. Ooh. Ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Me yeah, too. Brutal. This morning, I listened to the first of the letter series, and I almost started crying at work. Oh. Yeah. The writer mentioned about sometimes still feeling wrong. What if I am in the wrong? I am frequently plagued by this question. My girlfriend and I have been dating for almost two years and have often talked of marriage. Sometimes I'm excited, but most of the time I'm anxious. I keep having these daydreams of what my future should be. A husband, several kids, and a homestead. And I'm worried that if I commit myself to her, my girlfriend, I'm missing out on my life that I'm supposed to have. I don't know if it makes sense. It makes me feel crazy. My girlfriend and I have a loving, wonderful relationship, but I can't escape the feeling that it's temporary and it's not legitimate. Hmm. I don't know how you could help, but help. Do any of you feel that way? What has helped you let go of those expectations and embrace what is real and good? Can I say something right off the bat? Yep. Fuck religion. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. That is the thing that keeps us mired in these guilt and shame feelings that Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be this or we're supposed to be doing this. Guess what? We're not supposed to be doing anything. No. We can do anything. Anything we want, as long as it doesn't bring harm to another person. Yeah. Or yourself, for that matter. Yeah. And living your authentic life, your authentic self, doesn't bring harm to anyone. Mm -mm. So be authentic. Yeah, I agree. Don't let somebody else's rules for who you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to do, shape your life. Exactly. I agree completely. And the responses to this person's message were amazing yeah. and empathetic and understanding because all of us as ex-Mormons or ex-super-Christian-y whatever that have broken away from this idea that we have to be a certain way to be happy, it still is hard. Oh, yeah. Those roots run deep. Oh, they do. And so when you have the results of trying to be what they say, i.e. seven children Mm -hmm. like I do, and then you have to live your way authentically, which now goes against what you were taught, and there's kids in the mix, and they're not getting what you were taught. They, It just fucking sucks. Yeah. It, it can, sucks. Yeah, it can be a lot to untangle. And yeah. of course, there are going to be times when you feel like you're doing it wrong, because your version of your authentic self might go against the church's teachings, yeah. whatever church. Yeah. And so you're going to struggle now and then with, well, crap, am I supposed to be what they're telling me I'm supposed to be? Yeah. But it's not cookie cutter. We don't live cookie cutter lives where one size fits all. Yeah, it might seem like the quorum of the 12 or the 70 are the exact same carbon copies of each other mm-hmm. because they are trying to, to be one thing. They're trying to be this perfect example of a Mormon man, it doesn't allow for any variation. No, not at all. And then when they sit down and write a book telling us how to be women. Yeah, which we're going to get into. It's even more ridiculous. And so in honor of Mother's Day and struggles that I'm having right now with children, and I'll get into that a little later, uh, I went to the very next chapter in the book, 
Woman, mm. which again was written by 15 men, yeah. telling women who they are and how they're supposed to act. I went to the very next chapter that we wanted to discuss. Here's the sound of me opening pages. Hear that? Hear that? Hear that? <laughs> wow, it's a legit book. We can hear it. Uh-huh. Next chapter. This is written by Elder David B. Haight. Perfect name. Mm-hmm. Who was an apostle of the Lord, according to him. He's one, he was one of the 12 apostles. <laughs> okay. Blah, blah, blah. Jeez. And the, so that's a quorum. The quorum 12 of the apostles. 12 apostles. Okay. Yes. You know what? Fuck them and their egos. And their and, titles. And, and their, their titles and, and considering themselves apostles. I just, yeah. Mm. Can you imagine? Well, I mean, there's not really an equivalent in women because women never get a cool title, but. No, we'll never get to be apostles. No. Even though I secretly think Mary Magdalene was an apostle. Probably. It's my or a prophetess opinion. Or a wife. Let's call ourselves prophetesses. <laughs> Can't I just be a prophet? I hate all that S's. Okay, we'll be prophets. I hate that you take a masculine word and put an, an ESS on it and it becomes the female version of it. Okay, well, we're prophets then. Okay. Fuck that shit. Anyway, so Elder... Hate. Hate. Hate this. <laughs> he decides to write a chapter about woman as mother. Mm. Can't wait to hear what he has to say. It's going to be fantastic. And as I read through this, and again, this book is old. It was written back in 1979. But these attitudes are still alive and well today in Mormonism. It's not like this is old, 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 old shit. Well, it was almost 1980, which wasn't that long ago. No, but if you think about it, 1980 would have been around the time that my parents were raising kids. So this was the attitude that moms had. Mm -hmm. This is what how they were told they had to act. And as I read through this chapter, I was like, fuck, this is why my ex-husband never thought I did enough. Mm. Never thought I was good enough. Never thought I tried hard enough. Thought and I was selfish. And, and told me. Uh-huh. Because I see that that's how he was raised by his mom, who I am sure had this book. Yeah. And so he thinks that his mom did it right. Mm-hmm. And Again, there's one way to be a there's mother. There's one way to be a mom, and that I should have done it like his mom. Mm-hmm. So here we go. I've highlighted some amazingly wonderful parts. A woman's basic role, whereby she fulfills the measure of her creation— is that of motherhood. Mm. Remember I used to talk about how I knew, because of the way I was taught, that the only thing that I needed to be good at was being a mother, and I couldn't even fucking get that right, so what use was I? Mm. That's why you kept trying and trying, trying to do it seven times. Yeah, yeah. And didn't you have at least one miscarriage as well? I had two miscarriages. Holy crap, you could have been a mother nine times. Yeah, probably would have been. Jesus. Christ. Uh, next sentence. If we are to clearly understand a woman's role as mother, we need to understand her place in God's eternal design. <laughs> so, yeah, no pressure. Me as a man, as Elder David B. Hate, I'm going to tell you as a woman how God wants you to oh, be yeah. and the only way that you fit into God's plan. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker. Yep. The stewardships assigned to man and woman are part of God's eternal plan to prepare us for Godhood, and we cannot disregard them without risking our positions in that plan. <laughs> in other words, don't argue with what I'm about to tell you, uh-huh. or, or you're you... sacrificing your position in God's plan, which, yeah. if you don't follow God's plan, you don't go to heaven. Yeah. Since the dawn of creation, no aspect of woman's life compares with her divine appointment to be the vessel for the physical birth of a child who has been nurtured within her. Vessel. So this is since the dawn of creation, by the Uh way. All you are is a vessel, ladies. Nothing, no aspect of woman's life compares. Mm -hmm. Like nothing else you do will matter. Yeah, this is it. You're a vessel. If I wasn't browbeaten with this kind of shit growing up, and again, I was raised in the 80s and 90s, this book was still fully in circulation. Mm -hmm. These were the kind of lessons that I heard in my youth. Sure. And these are the kind of lessons that would still be taught as I was an adult from the older generation of women in Relief Society. So this didn't go away in 1979. Right. Okay. We had a lot of people write in after we went through some of this book before saying, oh my God, I read that book. That book explains why I'm so fucked up. My mom had that book on her shelf. Mm -hmm. That's how she raised it, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mother is a very versatile individual. She's a trusted confidant who may also call us to repent. A builder of character who also repairs broken toys. A healer of wounds who relies as much on kisses as on medicines. A chauffeur who may be delayed until she finishes mending our clothes. An economist who lovingly and skillfully prepares what she buys. A homemaker who teaches the most enduring spiritual lessons. A teacher who enjoys play periods along with her child. A friend who is also our most dedicated servant. 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 And a chauffeur. Mm-hmm. And a sewer of clothes. Uh-huh. A doctor, a cook. <laughs> oh, that doctor title's not in there. 
right? No. No, not no, really a doctor. You wouldn't give an official, like, <laughs> title to a woman except for you're a woman. Yeah. Yeah, no. You want some more of this? Mm-hmm. Don't forget, we are to be dedicated servants. For sure. And that attitude absolutely was taught to my ex-husband by his mom. Yeah. Which made for very difficult times in our marriage. Uh, we've since talked that through. He doesn't feel that way. And I can't be mad about it because he he eventually came to realize, like, oh, yeah, that's what my mom taught me was the right way to be. Mm-hmm. And I see that it's not. Yeah. But it took a good, shitty lots of years it took to get there. like 20-something years. Yeah. Another thing, when it says, enjoys play periods along with her child, I remember Brent being upset that I didn't want to play with the kids, meaning Mm -hmm. I didn't want to sit down and and play like shoots and ladders and shit. Mm -hmm. I just don't like it. And I would try and I would try and it's just, ugh. Yeah. And I remember Brent's mom when they they came to visit once and she said something out of the blue. She said, you know, the biggest regret I have is that I didn't spend more time playing with my children. Huh. And I'm like... Fuck you. Clearly it was a dig on me, obviously, because she told me that. I'm like, well, you know what? Eat shit and die. I didn't say that. but I, oh, so that was her way of trying to get you to do that more? Yeah. And I, and I remember Brent agreeing with her on that. And then I remember Brent coming to the realization that, wait, so when Brent was a kid, he's like, you know, I don't actually remember my mom sitting down and playing with me. Mm-hmm. And also, she didn't have kids every two years. Like, of course, you can't sit down and play with the four-year-old. You've got a two-year-old, sure. and you're nursing a baby. Mm-hmm. It's, he slowly came to the realization that that was an impossibility. Whether Really, whether I wanted to or not, which I didn't want to, it was nearly impossible. Well, for sure. Yeah. You had a lot of kids. I did. I love them all. I don't regret them Mm -hmm. as human beings because they're all amazing. But if I'd have had like one every four years instead, I would have, I think, spent more time with them on an individual level. But I was always kid in pull-ups, kid in diapers, and either pregnant or nursing. Fucking miserable. Mm -hmm. Miserable. Okay. More than any other individual, she, meaning mother, occupies the center position in her child's existence. Mother is usually the first person a child sees in the morning and the last to tuck them in at night. She's the one who tenderly kisses away the hurt or cheerfully encourages him on to success. Him, obviously, the child. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and this is another thing that Brent would kind of be upset that I didn't tuck my kids in every night. First, there's 10 million of them. Second, I was usually nursing a baby to sleep. And he eventually came to realize this. But for Brent, he would be at work all day. And so when he came home, and Brent is a really good, like, play shoots and ladders kind of dad with the kids. Okay. So when he would come home, he'd be so pumped to see the kids and he would tuck them in and and read them a book. And not every time, but then he would be upset at me that I wouldn't do that. Well, why did you need to? You were with him during the day. He could do that at night. Exactly. And he enjoyed that. Exactly. But here's a book saying that the mom is supposed to do that. That's my point. I was exhausted by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see a kid after about 7.30 p.m. I'm like, I am done. (laughs) Um, And he wasn't exhausted of the kids by then. Yeah. You know? It sounds like you guys were dividing and conquering to me. We were. We were. It worked. Yeah. But it took a while for Brent to get rid of the resentment that I wasn't doing all of the things. Because that's how his mom did it. Because that's how she read the book. Well, she didn't have seven children. She didn't have seven children. They weren't as close together in age. Anyway, it, again, it pisses me off that here's a man telling a woman mm-hmm. without truly understanding how hard it is to be a mother. He is telling a woman how to be a mother. Well, in your ex's case, you should have told him how to do his job because he was telling you how to do yours. I'm well, you know, saying. that would never fly because uh-huh. it would piss him off because I don't know anything about what he does. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? No, and you're right. It's, it's not fair. I want to see a woman write a book. I would like to see a Mormon woman write a book about, about how to be a man. About how to be a man. Sure. Let's turn the tables. Let's do it. I'll start writing. Okay. <laughs> okay. It is mother who creates an atmosphere of love and contentment in the home. If there's contention, it's fucking your fault because you're sure. supposed to create that. Mm-hmm. She helps build spirituality in the home. Her attitudes become those of her children. Right. You know how fucking hard it is to create an attitude of spirituality in the home with little kids? They don't care. Yeah. They don't want to read scriptures. A, they're boring. B, they're boring. <laughs> C, mom's exhausted. The last thing I want to do after dinner is gather the kids and make them sit through scripture reading. I never hated my children, so I wasn't going to do that to them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's wow. a good paragraph. You ready? <clears throat> <clears throat> Patience is one of those virtues. Mm-hmm. 
That's what they say. Mm-hmm. Patience is virtue. <laughs> it is being pleasant when she feels otherwise. It is oh, helping God. a youngster with schoolwork when she could be relaxing at the end of a busy day. Oh, so she doesn't get any downtime. No, she doesn't get shit. <laughs> Just shit on. <laughs> it is helping a child write a letter when she knows it will take much of her precious time for him to say all he has on his mind. I'm also laughing about how he typically talks about the woman raising a male child. Mm-hmm. Like the female child. No one gives a shit. <laughs> right. It is looking for material for a Sunday school talk when she has her own lesson to prepare. Sunday school is what the kids would, you know, if the kid has to give a talk. So the mom has um, her own lesson to prepare for church, but she's going to help the kid instead. How many people have to speak in church? It's all it is all day is people speaking. That is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It is keeping her voice calm and sweet when she feels neither calm nor sweet. Seriously? Patience is doing many things every day that let her family know that they are the center of her life. Fuck that shit. Oh, my God. Don't lose your temper. Yeah. Always be nice. Uh-huh. Do you know what that teaches kids? That you can never express you, you your You can't emotion. express. You're not allowed to be angry. You can be trampled. You're allowed to be disrespected. I would go a step further and suggest that that is teaching the female children that. Oh, 100%. Because they are going to grow up and read a book like this. Yep. And learn to suppress their own emotions. Also, this kind of book with mm-hmm. the attitude that it has makes men be asshats when it comes right. to being a father and a spouse. So when the women are being told to be patient and the mom loses her temper because the kid sucks, which mm-hmm. all kids suck sometimes. Sure. And she's worn down. Now the dad can say, whoa, whoa, whoa. According to this book. According to this book, like you're not you're fulfilling supposed your to be duty. Doing this. Yeah. 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 And if the mom is like, you know what? I just really want to pick up McDonald's and throw it on the table and just go to bed early. I'm exhausted. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're supposed to be making food and nurturing them and where's the vegetable? Yeah, where's the vegetable, right? <laughs> so this book sucks for everyone. Yeah. Moving on. This is a great paragraph. Unselfishness is synonymous with motherhood. Oh, man, this does not give women any leeway. None. I was told so many times in my marriage that I was selfish. Oh, wow. So many times because I needed a break because I am not cut out for seven kids. I'm Mm -hmm. just not. Yeah. And, And again, reminder, Brent has seen it differently, but the first lot of years, it was constantly, you're selfish and you do more for the kids. And it's because of books like this. I can't believe you kept having children. When I mean, he kept criticizing that you weren't a good mother because I was because in my mind I was going to get better. Oh God, I was going to be better. You were going to be better by having more and more and more. I don't fucking know, but I was going to be better. It, it's all a haze at this point. Okay, a loving mother truly learns to live for others. Oh, Jesus, mm-hmm. this is terrible. It is. It is. Wow. She may give up something she wants or would like for the home because of the needs of another member of the family. Any other member of the family. Any other member of the comes family. Comes before her. Yeah. Wow. Like my oldest brother used to always ride shotgun and make my mom sit in the middle. Oh, my God. In yep. the back seat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Anyway, when a mother exhibits these qualities of patience and unselfishness before her children and does it as though it was a privilege. Uh It's a privilege to be a fucking doormat. Uh She has said more to her children of her love for them than she ever could with words. Uh So basically, if you can disappear as a human being, that's how you show your kids that you love them. Oh my God. If you give them all everything they want. have, everything yep. they want, sacrifice everything. Sit in the back seat. Yep. So they can ride shotgun. Yep. Wow. Yep. And it is this kind of bullshit that perpetuates the patriarchy. Yeah, for sure. Because for sure. the men have it easy and they get to decide how the women should be and their wife and the mother of their children had better give up everything. Yeah. When was the last time men had to give up everything? When was the last time a Mormon leader told the men to give up everything right. for their wife or their kids. Never. They go to all the fucking meetings. Mm-hmm. They climb the corporate ladder. They do all the things. Yeah. But the mothers, you give up everything. Yeah. Jesus. And uh, it's a privilege to do so. Yes. You need to show that it's a privilege and that will teach your kids. You know what that teaches your kids? That you're a doormat. That you're a doormat. And they can and, walk all over you. Yes. And that's how women should be. Mm-hmm. Period. And And it teaches them to walk all over their wives, their future wives. Of course. And so I look at my siblings and the way they've lived their lives. Luckily, some of them have been able to kind of break free from that. But there are some that 
it has just been repeated. Yeah. And it was repeated in my own life. I am a strong-willed person, but I conformed. I conformed to be, to try my best to be this kind of a mom because mm-hmm. that's what I was told I needed to be. Yeah. And Brent was that kind of a husband and that kind of a dad that that demanded this, that required this, that yeah. that was the expectation. That mm-hmm. was his bar. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was complaining to him about how hard this is and because I didn't make a vegetable or whatever it was. I was I was just overwhelmed. And double starch. He, double starch. And his response was, you know, I, I'm sorry that I put so much pressure on you. I've realized I just, I need to lower the bar. Oh. And in his mind, it was a compliment. It, it was it's him saying, I've expected too much, but it still didn't feel good. It uh-huh. still took years for him to finally recognize, like, I was in over my head, you know? Right. Yeah. Or that the expectations in general are too yes. high. Yes. Not just that, oh, I had to understand that Shelly couldn't meet the expectations. No, right. But that— No one ex- can. No one can. The expectations are ridiculous. Yeah, and they're not fair. No. They're wrong. Straight up wrong. They are straight up wrong. She, meaning mother, has the significant hand in molding our fathers, meaning heavenly fathers, precious children. And her influence may be felt not only in this life, but also throughout the eternities. Oh, wow. No pressure. Yeah. No pressure. Okay, moving on. One thing I way, way, way dislike is reading to my children. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and again, it's because I was always exhausted. Yeah. The child that I have read to the most is Smashy, the youngest, because I was not pregnant after her and I was not nursing after her and I didn't have a, a baby crying like I never had a break. Yeah. For for sure. 14 years. Jesus. For 14 years I never had a break Ugh. as far as being pregnant or having a kid in diapers or or whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. here's another thing that he says. Reading, which I hated to do, can be one of the most rewarding experiences that a mother can share with her child. I'm sorry, I didn't have the time. Yeah. And and I was done putting kids to bed. I was nursing somebody and sorry, couldn't do it. Why can't a dad read to their kid? Because mothers are supposed to. <laughs> what if a dad really enjoys reading to their children? All children love stories, and they love even more a few moments of mother's attention. <laughs> Kids had my damn attention all day. Uh-huh. Me cleaning up after their messes, me telling them don't pull the cat's tail— like me making them food, me changing oh, yeah. diapers, me nursing. When the kids are over, you don't get a moment's rest. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, because as soon as dinner's on the table, like five to ten minutes later, they're hungry again. Yeah. And they want their snack right now. We might be like watching a kid movie. Mm-hmm. Like we watched Goonies the last time they were <laughs> That was over. awesome. Mm-hmm. They had never seen it. But like five minutes into the movie. Someone's starving to death. Someone's starving. Yeah. And it's nonstop. Yeah. Mary is like blown away. They can't seem to do anything on their own. No. They can't do computer stuff on their own. No, no, They have to have you to get them every single snack. Yeah. I mean, it's constant. Yeah. And and the youngest right now, she is seven. So I said, Mary, this is insane. Mary's like, oh, my God, how do you do this? I said, imagine this plus like two to three more kids, um, you know, somebody nursing and somebody in diapers. Like, imagine. Mm Mm-mm. No, thank you. She's like, I don't know why you did that. How did you do that? I might have— Taking my own life. Like, yeah. I know that sounds drastic, no, 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 but I, I don't know it. how you did it. I get it. I get it. I would whole. have hated that. There were moments where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And the only thing that kept me going was realizing how would anyone explain to my little kids that mom was dead? Yeah. It's horrible. It's a horrible, it was, it for me, yeah. for me, it was horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's not really an alternative I want to think about, but gosh, I can't imagine living that life. Mm-mm. Wow. It's so hard for me. So hard. By the way, listeners, it's okay for it to be so hard to be a mom. People don't like to admit that, but I'm admitting yeah. that loud and clear. I didn't like it. Yeah. I love my children. I adore my children. Um, there are moments that that are fantastic, but overall— Being a mom is hard. Being a mom is so hard. And it's okay to admit that. Yeah, absolutely. It like, can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, you can— Find joy in motherhood, absolutely, but yeah. also it can be really hard, and it's okay to admit that. Yeah, you, this you were not Mother's disappointing Day, God. <laughs> no, and this Mother's Day, we are giving you permission to admit that being a mom is hard yeah. sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. Most it's a little gift from us to you. From Happy to Mother's you. Day. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Should we take a little break? Wait, I have to say one thing about the book reading. Okay, this is fantastic. 
Um, so he says we need to read, right, to the children. Then he says, she, meaning mother, can begin with stories from the scriptures and our church books. Oh, God. Boring as fuck, dude. No kids <laughs> want to hear that. As her children become conversant, is that how you say it? With the best that our culture has written, they will become less susceptible to the lore of falsehoods that they will eventually encounter. Oh, geez. You mean falsehoods like the Book of Mormon? Yeah, <laughs> Why no would joke. I read them a lie? Can't we just book? start with green eggs and ham? Come on, seriously, dude. <laughs> The youth who loves to read and study will find preparation for his mission and life. Not a chore, but one more precious jewel on an endless string. Oh, fun. Endless string, huh? Okay, let's uh, take a little break on that Mm -hmm. note, shall we? Yeah, let's let's go read from the Book of Mormon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll do that and then be right back. We are supported by one damn good brew, apostate coffee. Specifically, the Lesbian Medium Dark Variety, a delicious roasty, toasty blend that's sure to make postal workers in remote Mormon towns super twitchy. <laughs> yep, we have a firsthand account of that one. Sure do. This yummy java is roasted in small batches, so it's super fresh the moment it arrives at your doorstep. And hey, it's named after us, so that's reason enough to give it a shot. I know it. So ditch that. That grocery store crap and give the lesbian blend a try today at apostatecoffee.com. Mm-hmm. We're back with more from the shitty woman book. Mm-hmm. You want some more high pressure from elder hate that well, I hate? <laughs> of course I want to feel pressured. I wasn't even a mother and I feel all this pressure. All right. Good, good, good. Okay. It's doing its job. It is. It is. <laughs> Our Heavenly Father has given mothers the responsibility not only for bringing children to the earth, but also for preparing them to return to him. (laughs) No pressure. So, like, if your kid decides to leave the church or ends up gay or whatever, your fault, bitch. Yeah. Hey, mother, that is your fault. It was your responsibility. Wow. My, My mom, when my oldest brother David decided not to go on a mission and whatever, she was devastated. Blamed herself. That, yeah, that reflects on her somehow. Yeah, right? she should have been home more. Um, she should have, like, oh whatever. She should have, she should have. Fuck that. Let kids make their decisions and understand it's not on you. Well, not only that, your brother was a grown adult. Yeah, grown-ass adult. Yeah, who wasn't even a kid mm-hmm, when he mm-hmm. decided to not go on a mission. Mm-hmm. Effective motherhood is virtually impossible without time of sufficient quantity and quality. <laughs> Thanks, bruh. Thanks, bruh, for letting me know. <laughs> So then he tells a story about this mother who's like sewing clothes upstairs because that's what moms do is they, they of course, mend of course. things. Yes. I've never meant a thing in my life. <laughs> Mend- Mended. <laughs> Anyways, the story's like all these kids come in and out like, mom, mom. But he says, mother. And the mom says, what, darling? And the kid goes, oh, nothing. Just wanted to, and went out to play. Mm-hmm. This happens like five or six times. And this mom is being heralded for being there to say, yes, kids. Yes, kids. In other words, mom, you better fucking be home when the kids come looking for you. Oh, yeah. You better answer the call every single time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He says, these children were not left to themselves. This mother was there to provide and reinforce the security of her children. When mother is needed, she is needed right now, not in a couple hours or Uh in a few minutes. Well, you know what? Kids are very demanding. And this goes for your kids now. When they want a snack, they want it right that second. Mm -hmm. It's like, no. And you say, just a minute. I'm doing, I'm in the middle of this thing. Yeah. I'll get it for you in five minutes. Yeah. I mean, I'll say, kids, I'm going to finish my dinner because I don't want to eat it cold. Right. And I my don't mother think, hasn't had a warm yeah, meal. <laughs> right. Exactly. Christmas story. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I mean, what do you teach your children when you snap to it every time they want something? You teach their children that that's how they treat their mother. Yeah. And you teach their daughters that when you are mothers, you will do whatever your kids say, drop mm-hmm. what you're doing. You don't matter. You're Wants and needs do not matter. Well, and you're also teaching your kid that when they're in a line at the checkout, that person in service better snap to it. Yeah. Because they're not going to have any patience for someone who maybe is behind in their work or maybe is having a bad day or Mm -hmm. is distracted or what have you. They're teaching that they get their needs met immediately. Right. That is such a bad teaching. That's why you have spoiled brats. That's how you spoil a child Mm -hmm. is you hop to it. Every time they need something. Yeah. Right at that second. Yeah. Absolutely. Horrible. And I get it because a lot of times it's easier just to do the dumb thing that the kid wants to get him to shut up. But mm-hmm. we're, we're not doing them any favors. No. I feel like if you can tell a child, you know what? I just started my dinner. It'll take me about 10 minutes to eat. I need you to wait 10 minutes because I am not going to eat a cold meal just so you can have 
a Snickers or whatever. Right. That's actually a teaching moment. Mm-hmm. You don't teach your kid anything good when you show that mothers are at everyone's beck and call. Yeah. And they have to do whatever everyone says. That's horrible. Totally horrible. Do you want more of the lovely readings? Oh, wow. This is um, a little triggery, and I'm not even a mother. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so then Douchebag Hate talks about um, the parable of the talents, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, we talents. know that one. Mm-hmm. The end of our father's plan is for us to become gods and goddesses. Thus, when a mother honors and magnifies her calling, she is preparing for the eternities. Oh, mm. She's fun. not only preparing her children for their eternal destiny, but she is also preparing herself to become a queen and a priestess forever. So when she's a queen, does she get waited on finally? No, she gets to be a mom <laughs> forever. So this was a lot of my wow, horrible... that's a ex- shitty queen yeah. title. Right? <laughs> Here was my nothing. horrible existence. Miserable being a mom... Miserable being married to the man that I was married to. Uh-huh. Again, nothing against him, but I was gay, and I didn't like the entire situation of what mm-hmm. I was in. It's not natural for me. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it, but what is my reward for doing all these things? More of the same. I get to do it forever! <laughs> Spirit baby. But you get to have the title queen. Ooh. <laughs> so this, this is how they... Talk down to the women. Oh, but you're a queen then. You Uh basically do the same shit. You just get a better title. Better title. No more pay. Same shit. (laughs) No raise. Bigger title. Who the fuck wants that? I didn't. Oh, my God. As the first presidency have declared, motherhood is near to divinity. It is the highest, holiest service to be assumed by all of mankind. It places her who honors its holy calling and service next to the angels. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Fuck you. What's it called when you talk down to something? Don't don't patronize me. Uh-huh. Don't fucking patronize me. Well, it's a patriarchy. So <laughs> Oh, you're right. Is that connected? <laughs> it that is now, like goddammit. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. So <sighs> Happy Mother's Day, right? Yeah. All you moms listening, this is all total bullshit. And it total explains bullshit. a lot. Yes. If you know a Mormon, because this is a Mormon book, mm-hmm. patriarch who treats women less than, let's say, stellarly. Is that a way to say? Less than stellarly. This may explain some of that. Yeah, for sure. So going off the heels of that book, with Mother's Day coming up, I have, and this is a plug for channels, by the way, LDL channels. I left a message on LDL channels. It was like a seven-minute video to the channel subscribers, and it was basically me ugly crying and explaining a situation that was going on with one of my kids that was just really so hard for me. Yeah. So to give it to you all in a nutshell, my second oldest son, Gavin, he just turned 18. He is the most like his father than any of my other kids, which again is hard for me just because there's reminders there of a personality that was hurtful to Mm, me back mm -hmm. in the day. This kid of mine has decided that I am what's wrong in everything in his life. Yeah. And he's completely disconnected from me. He needs someone to blame and you're it. He, yes, exactly. Right now is a really rough time in his life. He's 18. School is weird because of the quarantine. He doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. Yeah. And Adulthood is scary. It is scary. And he and I have had a couple of conversations where he's really unloaded on me how he feels about me. And it's hard because... The way he views things is not at all the way I viewed how it was sure. growing up. He, you know, he's mad at me um, because I didn't let him play football when the truth is, from the way I see it, he did play football and then he broke his finger and so he had to be off the team. Then Brent and I decided together that we didn't want him playing like tackle football in junior high because he was he's little. He's little. He's a skinny kid. Yeah. And I told him that. And he said, well, I was skinny because I didn't eat because I was scared of you. And I'm like, it was just so, so much. Uh-huh. And it's hard because when when my kid is telling me these things, I don't want to tell him that he's wrong. I don't want to tell him his feelings are wrong because this is really, really what he's feeling. Yeah. And I, mean, one of, I don't think you did. You didn't invalidate his no, feelings. No, 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 I didn't. Um, but he would get angry if I would say, you know, well, the the way it is from my point of view, like he didn't want to hear that. Right. He needed to be angry. Um, he needed me to be the villain and he needs his dad to be the hero. Mm. That's what's going on right now. He's in that stage where he's just angry. And so he needs someone that, that's on his side and someone that he can blame. And right now I'm, I'm, I'm the one being blamed and it sucks and it hurts. Yeah. 
he even said, Mom, chickens are better moms than you. What? I said, what? And he's like, yeah, if the hen house is on fire and there's baby chicks in there, the mother hen goes in and tries to protect them even if they all burn up and even her. Uh, okay, and he I'm thinks like, he wouldn't rescue them in a fire? Well, he thinks that I ran away from the problem. I see. Because I've told him, like, Gavin, I, I know that to you I abandoned the family, but I was breaking. I was done. I couldn't do one more day. I had to get away for my own safety, for you kids. Like, I had to get away and heal yeah. so I could actually parent you all. It wasn't like I just decided, eh, I want to go play. That's not what happened. And he doesn't want to hear that right now. He wants to be mad at me. He wants to blame the fact that, that Brent and I got divorced or that we were fighting on me. Oh, it's just so hard. Because at the same time, Brent is Gavin's hero. And so I can't very well explain to Gavin how hard it was being in that household with Brent. No. I, I'm because not going to do that. you don't want to throw Brent under the bus. No. You don't want no. to put him in a bad light. No, of course not. Because the kids the kids love him and he's a good dad. Yeah. And, you know, we've moved through everything. But somehow Gavin's stuck on this thing that, like, I deserted the kids and I deserted his dad. And it You know what's sucks. interesting to me is the time he's talking about from— what I've gathered from hearing about this is the time when you were still living at home. Mm -hmm. You just uh, had this other friend who was also a mom and you both were getting out of Mormonism yeah. and palling around, going to concerts and that sort of thing. Mostly you were getting away from a marriage that wasn't working. Yes. But you were there every night. You were there every day. Mm -hmm. You were there every night. Yeah. You didn't move out. That's the period of time he's talking about. Yeah, and— So you emotionally checked I out. I did. I did. For my own sanity, I couldn't. I couldn't anymore. And I was going through these realizations of my sexuality, and I was leaving Mormonism, and I was dealing with my parents, and it was in a relationship that was miserable, and Brent was angry, and rightfully so, and we were fighting all the time. Like, it, it's so not cut and dry. Mm -hmm. And all I could tell him is, like, Gavin, you didn't deserve what you got. Yeah. But he doesn't want to hear— why he got it. You know what I mean? He's not ready yet. He doesn't understand empathy yet. He's yeah. 18. Um, but it fucking hurts. It hurts. He actually uninvited me to his 18th birthday. Yeah. I have never missed a birthday party of any of my kids. It's a big thing that we do. He uninvited me. Mm. And that was ju it just stabbed me in the heart. But what am I supposed to do? You know, he wants boundaries. I give him boundaries. I'm respecting that he needs to work through this. Wow. And my only hope is that someday he will see, and, and I've talked to my therapist about this, about all these struggles that I'm having dealing with this situation. My therapist has said, eventually kids need to grow up to the point where they can see th that it's not running away when you need to make a change. Yeah. It's being brave enough to make the change. You had to gather the courage to make the change. And yes. that was a process. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was fear-based on your part because you really had no idea how to live on your own, how to sort of start over. Yeah. You didn't have a formal education. Right. You didn't have marketable skills. Yeah. Like, how were you going to try to make a life for yourself? There was a lot of fear on your part. Oh, absolutely. You almost stayed in because of that. I just hope that he will eventually get to the point where he can see that because me telling that to him is not going to do any good. I haven't. Yeah. Uh, all I've said is like, I broke. I couldn't do it anymore. I need him to someday hopefully understand that me staying in that situation would have been the death of me. Right. And the only way I was going to be able to be any kind of mother to those kids was to leave and get healthy mm -hmm. and mother them how I do now. Yeah. And I had to make that change and to make change involves a tremendous amount of bravery, but it also involves changing everyone around you. You know, they had to react to my change, and some right. of them reacted well, and clearly Gavin has not at this point. And he's a sweet kid. He's a nice kid. I'm the only one that he is disrespectful to and is pissed off at. Yeah. And I'm just kind of taking it, but I have set my boundaries. I won't allow him to disrespect me anymore, and I just hope that he will eventually see see it for what it really is. That's hard. And it's yeah. fucking Mother's Day next week. Yeah. I've invited all my kids over to our new place that we'll be in um, for a barbecue. I'm sure he won't show. Mm -hmm. He's that mad. Wow. And as a mom, I kind of have to take it, which sucks because now I'm back in that position of, I got to take it. 
just mm. like raising them. You gotta, you just gotta deal with the bullshit. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. That sucks. And happy motherfucking Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you still have six kids that like you. I do. Maybe that's, that's why I have good. so many, because some of them are going to like me. <laughs> and listen, I know that he will get through it. Again, he's 18. He's a child. He's fearful. He's scared. He has anxiety. He he's needs angry. someone to blame for his problems right now. Yeah. And I'll take that, you know? Yeah. Looks like you have no choice Looks right this like second. Looks like I have no choice because I'm the only one he's blaming. Yeah. So mom's out there in divorce situations or non-divorce situations, whatever, you're not alone. You're not alone in hating what you do sometimes. It's hard sometimes. Yes, yeah. you're not alone in feeling trapped and stuck and miserable. If you're in a divorce situation, you're not alone in feeling like your kids hate you and that you somehow did something wrong and that it's always going to be miserable and that you should have stayed. Like, it just fucking sucks. Yeah. It just fucking sucks. But be your authentic self. I don't care what this fucking woman book says. Put your <laughs> happiness first. It's about you finding peace and happiness. Otherwise, you're not doing shit for anyone. Had I stayed in that household mm -hmm. and kept pretending to be great mom right. and losing my temper and yelling. And you and Brent were fighting. Oh, we're fighting all the time. Like two, three times a day, like yelling Oof. fights. That's like yelling, not storming good out for kids. in front of the kids. Oof, yeah, not good. Um, had I stayed, and of course, Gavin in his mind is like, you should have just stayed and fixed it. I would likely be dead, and I, I and I'm not taking that lightly. Mm -hmm. I, I mean that. Yeah. It was that desperate. Yeah, you were miserable. You were miserable. Yeah, that is no way to live. No, no. Um, what does Kimberly Anderson say? Don't set, set yourself, yourself on fire. fire. To keep, keep other, other people, people warm. Thank you, Kimberly Anderson. <laughs> I guess Such we could have just said that and had it be a real <laughs> short fucking podcast. Sorry, all of you had to read to the end. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and we're done. And bye-bye, steer clear of cults or whatever. All yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Wow. Happy fucking Mother's Day. Yeah, Mother's Day is in a week. And I just want to get out there. Yeah, like what I said. You're not this book. This book is bullshit. Mm -hmm. You're worth it. Your happiness needs to come first. Mm -hmm. um, all these feelings that you've had, you're not alone. Yeah. Just because you make a child wait doesn't mean you don't love them. Mm -hmm. And just because you divorce doesn't mean you hate the kid. Exactly. And because you get out because you're going fucking crazy doesn't mean you hate the kid. You love the kid. We all love our kids. And just because you don't read Mormon scriptures to them doesn't mean you don't love them either. No, that means you do love them because they're boring as fuck. <laughs> Says Shelley. Love your kids and don't read to them from the Book of Mormon. Because <laughs> I'm starting to think it's all fake. Ah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Every now and then. Come back with that one. Okay, well, I think we should take one final break. And when we come back, we have a letter from a listener named Seamus, who is not a mother, but we're going to read his letter anyway. Mm -hmm. So there. And we're going to announce a few patrons and channel members. Yep, LDL channel members. Courtesy of Marco Polo. <laughs> All right. Be right back. We are supported by new dating app. Dating is difficult under even normal circumstances. Then try explaining your nutty religious upbringing to someone. Yeah, like the weird looks you get when you throw out expressions like, uh, what is that? Health in the navel, marrow in the... I don't Bones. know. Bones. Okay. Strength in the loins and the sure, seniors. Sure. Okay, right. listeners, maybe don't do that. No, don't do it. And now that you've left Mormonism, you've probably been kicked out of the singles ward. So now what? Download new an ex-Mormon dating app available on both Android and iPhone. Get ready to find post-Mormon love with someone who understands your background. Visit newdating.app and learn more. We are back. Are we? I think so. Okay. So I believe... You have exactly five patrons on your no, list. We're doing three patrons. We are doing three, even though you have exactly five. I like, do, but like, I'm crossing two of you out. <laughs> well, they're not. You're not crossing them off. No, we're saving them for, for next week. We're going to save them for next week because we want to start announcing um, our generous channel members as well. Yeah, well, we've been doing that. Yes, so yes, we're going to continue doing that. We are. That's what I was trying to say. Okay, we were well, continue you could have said that. Doing that. <laughs> it's my roundabout way of saying the thing that I didn't need to say. Again, sorry you had to listen all the way to the end <laughs> to get the point. Uh -huh. <laughs> but before we do any of that, we are going to read a letter from way back in November 2019. Oh, man, we're crushing it, keeping on top of this. Yeah, do you remember 2019 when we weren't quarantined? Yeah, that was back when we could go outside and, like, hug people and <laughs> go out and eat at restaurants and go to movies. I know. Seems huh. like 1973 or some shit. I know. I can't even fathom it anymore. Mm -mm, mm -mm. 
All right, let me read Seamus's letter. Okay. Mary and Shelley. Hi, Seamus. I hope this finds you both well and happy. Mm-hmm. Happy and uh, isolating. Yeah, it's true. So there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I recently learned of your podcast, and I'm trying to get caught up. I'm guessing by now. Seamus, you had better fucking be. I mean, we gave you how many months? I know, right? How many months, Seamus? <laughs> how much do you need? <laughs> I love and appreciate you both, and the experiences you both have shared have felt like a conversation with friends. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to discuss these things and sharing your trauma and healing. Mm -hmm. I just listened to episode 26, and the talk about Boyd K. Packard, my aunt's father, struck a chord. Well, right, and uh, Boyd K. Packer helped write this book, Woman, that we read from today. Oh, it's yes, all full circle. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that it's Seamus's aunt's father. Jesus. So he's related mm-hmm. to Boyd K. Packer. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So episode 26 is the Little Factory sure episode. Is. Still one of our favorites. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> Seamus says he was compelled to write in after hearing what had been taught in that episode. Oh. Okay. He goes on to say, I was raised LDS. My parents were married slash sealed in the Oakland Temple, and the three of us kids, one older sister and one younger, were raised Mormon. Your little factory talk brought back memories slash guilt I'm still dealing with today. Mm. That talk was something I knew very well in our house, though I didn't know it was given by my aunt's father. (laughs) So specifically, right? Jesus. Um, Until you mentioned it on your podcast. What? Yeah. For years, I thought I wasn't good enough for the church because of those teachings. Mm -hmm. Wow, maybe he uh, tampered. He might have. Yeah. Don't tamper with the factory. Don't do it. I thought I wasn't clean. I wasn't worthy. Just generally a terrible person. Ugh. I never decided to get baptized, thank goodness, but I did feel the guilt all my life. Wow. Fucking Mormons. Yeah. To Mary's point, it does indeed fuck with young men's minds. Oh, yeah. yeah Mormon, not. Mormonism is bad for everyone, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. I stayed chased into my late 20s, and when I finally had the gumption to believe I could be a decent person and have premarital relations with someone I loved— Wow, that took a while, right? Wow, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seamus says, I shook from fear and guilt after the first time. The uncontrollable shivering associated with great fear and loathing of oneself. Yeah. Do you remember after our first time? Yeah. Yeah, you did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, because you felt like you were dirty. Yeah. You felt like, well, this feels right on one hand, but this goes against everything I've been taught. I should be home with my... Ex-husband and kids and... Yeah, it's triggered for you. Yeah. Back to the letter. Despite progress and the belief that it's now all wrong, it's still tough to shake those gremlins. Yeah, absolutely. When something happens, the first thought is still, I did something wrong that caused this to happen. Yeah, because Mormonism teaches you to blame yourself for everything. Oh, for sure. It's all your fault. All your fault. You gave in to to Satan. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't have kids because I'm not worthy. The insidious nature of that brainwashing still persists today. But, and this is a big ol' but, (laughs) hearing you two talk about it and others heartens the fuck out of me. (laughs) I love heartening the fuck out of people. (laughs) Please keep kicking ass and telling your truth. It is absolutely therapeutic for so many of us to hear others' stories and struggles. Thank you eternally, Seamus. (laughs) Aw, Seamus, thank you. And we will continue to tell our stories and other stories. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're part of our uh, pre-Mother's Day episode, so there you go. Seamus made the cut. (laughs) Seamus, good job. Only like six months later, however long. Right. Better late than never. (laughs) If you would like to send us a letter, please do so. We love reading these letters. The address is latterdaylesbian.org slash contact for Mm -hmm. multiple ways to get in touch. Yes. We hope you do. Now it's finally time now. for patrons. Oh, okay, okay. All right, who do we have? I have three patrons and three new channels members. Okay, I like it. First patron is Chloe T. But Chloe before you T. start making up a last name for her, I'm going to give her a story. Oh, okay. Story I had a time. Cat named Chloe. Okay. And Chloe was the sweetest cat. She was like a Siamese mix. I got her when I was like 
23 and I was looking for my parents' dog that had run off and I went to the pound and there was a mama cat there with a bunch of kittens that they were like, oh, I guess we'll just euthanize them. And so I was crying and I called Brent and I was like, oh, they're going to kill them all. And he's like, fine, bring them home. And so I brought this cat and her kittens home and got the mother cat uh, spayed after a while mm-hmm. and found a home for her, found a home for all the kittens and then kept Chloe. Chloe was one Aww, of the kittens. Nice. Yeah. So had her since she was like one day old. When we moved to the country, I guess, in Virginia, she never wanted to be inside. She hated coming in the house. She would, like, if you dragged her in the house, she would be, like, pissed and want to go back outside. (laughs) She got old, and, like, I knew that she was getting ready to die because one day she just came in the house. She came in the house and wanted to, like, sit around everybody, just to be in with everyone. Like, well, hey, Chloe, what's up? And... She did die, like, the next day she went and laid underneath Brent's car, and she just she just laid there. We came and checked on her, and the kids all say, said goodbye. You know, her breathing was slowing. She wasn't coughing or anything. She was just kind of curled up and waiting to die, I guess. This is a really heartwarming story. <laughs> Sorry, Chloe. <laughs> Mother's Day. Hey, Chloe had a badass life. <laughs> Sorry, patron Chloe. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, yeah. Sorry, patron Chloe. got a little morbid there at the end. I'm not done yet. Uh, anyway, so she died. And it was very peaceful death, and I was sad. And it was a Sunday, and we didn't want to work on Sunday, of course, so we didn't want to bury her that day. So I said, Brent, just, like, put her in a plastic bag and put her in the freezer. Jesus. Well, what do you do? It was, like, summertime. <laughs> we don't want her to rot, so we're going to put her in the freezer and bury her the next day. Then the next day comes, and I was going to get ice cream out for all the kids, and I go out and get <laughs> oh, in the big chest God. freezer. And he had put Chloe in a clear bag. So here's, like, dead <laughs> Chloe in a clear bag in the freezer. I'm like, oh, my God. Brent, what if I'd have sent a kid out to get the ice cream and seen like frozen Chloe just like looking up? Jesus Christ. Wow. Um, Chloe, thank you for your patronage. Hey, not a lot of patrons get a story and you don't get to choose your story, Chloe. So you're welcome. (laughs) Chloe T, thank you. Wow. Patron, (laughs) Katie W. And then the next patron is Katie P. Okay. So I'm thinking, and they're spelled differently. Okay. I'm thinking they are lesbian lovers. Uh-huh. They went on Match.com, found someone with their same name with a slightly different spelling is like, we need to be lovers. See, I wouldn't nope. want to date someone with my name, personally. Yeah, it'd be a little weird. It would be. I actually don't think they're dating. <laughs> okay, um, you're changing your story. Should we give them last names? Katie W. Katie, wish I was a lesbian. Ooh, everyone does. <laughs> and Katie P., Please don't give me a story. That's what Katie B said. <laughs> Please never give me a story. And Katie W. Katie wishes she was a lesbian. Mm-hmm. All right. We have three channels members. And again, our channels is still relatively new. We are crushing it. We're like the top ranked uh, channel. It's just the oh, yeah. Thing. They're featuring us. They are featuring us. Marco Polo. And, uh, yeah. And they're, <laughs> we're actually going to be on like their new channel's website. It's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Thank we, you. we had to gussy up and get some pictures taken. That You're right. Which means Shelly put on a clean shirt. I mean, it's kind of clean. I put a bra on. I did wear a bra. Yeah. Good, good. for you, baby. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, if you would like to join us on LDL channels, we're having a lot of fun there. So, member one, Trey. Trey is the happiest person I've ever met in my entire oh, yeah. fucking life. And she lives in California. She lives in, that's probably why she's yeah. happy. She lives like in the San Diego area, I think. I thought it was LA. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but it's funny to me because, like, when you look at the channel's app, it shows the picture, the people's faces when they're about to start talking. Mm-hmm. Every single one of Trey, she's smiling. Mm-hmm. It's never like, like, a, even a straight face. It's always the biggest beaming smile. Yeah. No, she's a, a chipper person. I love that. Trey kicks ass. Chrissy A is next. And Chrissy A, I love her glasses. <laughs> I really do. They're always see, so damn cute. We get to see these people. I know. It's just so fun for I us. I know. Yeah. And they yeah. get to see us, unfortunately. Me crying and not wearing a bra. And singing and karaoke. Singing karaoke. And Shelly's long rambling videos. I would never <laughs> make a long rambling video. It's just not my style. I'm like, can we wrap it up? Can we wrap it up? <laughs> I think every video that we post has Mary in the background saying, can we wrap it up now? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Probably. Anyway, Chrissy A., love your glasses. Lastly, Amy Stevens, who she has been on our show and we yes. have been on her show. Yes, Amy Stevens. We yep. are going to say your first and last name. And she has a podcast, mm-hmm. Transformation Thursday. Love it, Amy. We actually were on a um, uh, Facebook Live Facebook Live happy hour. Yeah, it was like a Zoom call happy hour that turned into a Facebook Live thing That's as well. That's a lot of fun. 
That was fun. Yeah, she's also a comedian, so there were some good laughs. Yeah, and we broke out some tequila. We did. And they we let them in the chat or whatever decide which tequila we should drink, and they went with eggnog, the eggnog tequila. I know. Which it wasn't is, horrible. It wasn't horrible. It was a little thick. <laughs> it was a little thick, like eggnog. <laughs> well, her podcasting partner, Penny, mm-hmm. is definitely a comedian. Is Amy one as well? Yeah. Does she? They both perform yes. in Rochester area? Okay. Yes. Good to know. Since we're all confined and can't get to Rochester right now, I wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know that. Because I'm stuck in the house. With me. (laughs) (laughs) And the dogs. Yeah. All right, that's all I got. That's all you got? That's all I got. Well, thanks to everyone. And if you would like to join us on Patreon, you can visit patreon.com slash Latterday Lesbian. Or on Marco Polo channels, just go to our website, latterdaylesbian.org slash polo Polo. to sign up. All right. I guess that's going to bring us to the end of another one of these puppies. That's it. Uh, We want to thank Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Daniel. Danielson. Daniel, my brother. You You are are older than me. me. Blah, 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 blah. Feel the same. Okay. Should we wrap this up? Yeah, sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Wrap it up again. Again. (laughs) All right. Steer clear of cults, everybody, because they are no joke. No effing joke. (laughs) Talk to y'all later. Bye-bye.